0: Welcome back everybody. We got a special edition emergency evacuation episode here. We got two special guests. We got Max Musselman returning.
1: What's going on? Happy to be back.
0: Oh yeah. And then we got Kyle Mackey, our new guest, featured guest with a lot of good information. What's up, Kyle?
1: Uh, Not much. Love to be on the pod. Listen to it every week.
0: Every week. He's one of our devoted listeners. We love our devoted listeners. So we're going to be talking about, we're going to break down the Jimmy Butler trade. Uh, we might touch on Mello a little bit and whether his time is actually done in Houston. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Is it coming to an end?
2: Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. Uh, everything I was seeing online today said it's pretty much a done deal. Players have been informed that you know team's moving on. Looks like he'll be waived here pretty soon. So that
0: was my hot take, you guys. That was my Mello six man of the year hot take this offseason. <laughs> Not hey, looking too good. He still
1: got time. When when Harden got hurt, their season started going down the drain. Harden comes back. They start playing a little better. But Mello really didn't do anything when Harden was out to prove his worth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll touch on it. We're going Jimmy Butler. We're going Mello. We're going Rockets. Are the Wolves making the playoffs? Who knows? We'll be right back with you all. Enjoy. let's get this rolling we got the Jimmy Butler saga finally coming to an end how do we feel about this guys do we like the trade do we like to finish um, I don't know I don't know how I feel about it
1: well we we couldn't have kept him we had to trade him yeah there's no option for him to stay on the team mm-hmm. so
0: and it sounded like after that road trip that Owen five Well, that Tibbs said correct that uh, uh yeah. It had to end. Like it was not a, it wasn't a, a situation or environment where success could kind of happen.
2: Yeah, yeah. It sounds like that decision was made um, after the Lakers game, and they kind of knew coming out of that weekend that you know he was not going to be on the roster moving into the the home stretch. They had that rough. I think it was five. It was five games. They went zero and five on that road trip. Zero and four. Zero five. whichever 0-5. it was. Yeah. Um, and they came out of that. And I think they knew it was already going to be a tense situation going back into Target Center, and yep. didn't really want to have you know him on the roster for that. Yep. Um, I actually was with Tibbs after the Lakers game, and you know Jimmy's always got he's raved about a lot, and it was the first time I really saw the signs where I kind of knew the Jimmy thing was coming to an end. Um, he's seemed so disappointed in him and just so, like, worn out and defeated. And I've never seen that before. Wow. And I think that was kind of when I knew, like, um, you know, he'd hit his breaking point with him a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I – the team, it was just an awkward environment. I mean, Kyle was at a game, Max been at games. Like, being a fan there, he's still getting booed in pregame warm-ups, getting MVP chance by the <laughs> end of the Lakers game, end of the first game, multiple home games. The fans are confused. We're confused watching even on TV. Um, the emergence of D. Rose really didn't help the situation, mm-hmm. sadly enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he looks fantastic, but it's kind of sad that it had to kind of end this way. I don't know. And also
1: with Jimmy Butler playing the will here, won't he play every night? Is yeah. he going to sit out half the season? What's he going to do to get out of here?
0: Tibbs had to hate that.
1: Yeah, and I think that was the piece was like, I said when
2: I came on before this was, you know, what I had realized leading up to the season was Jimmy was going to play. Like, if he was healthy, he would be playing. That's just who Jimmy is. And so I think um, when he started taking games off, I don't really... You know, know if in Tibbs' mind Jimmy was the same player, the same guy that he'd been dealing with for all these years. Something that I heard too was, you know, Jimmy was this great guy, really obviously still really hardworking, um, but kind of came out of the shadows in Chicago. You know, his rookie year wasn't really playing much, um, and kind of created a really great reputation for, for himself in Chicago under Tibbs. Um, what I've heard now is that what the, when the change occurred with him and his personality was when Fred Hoiberg came in. Jimmy tried to take the reins of the team. It was an interesting dynamic. You had Rondo in there and Dwayne Wade and just kind of a struggle of power in the locker room. And I think that year really changed Jimmy. Um and kind of created the person that we saw emerge the last year or so. I don't think Hoiberg, and I don't think people in Chicago really communicated that that change had happened to Tibbs. I don't think he was aware of that. I don't think he... What he thought he was getting was a player he knew, you know, under him. Um, And that was the player who Jimmy was, the person who Jimmy was, the first few months of last season. Some point around there, I think probably about... Um, you know, once he hit that injury or a little prior to that, he changed and reverted back to, you know, kind of this alpha mentality um, that he had been exerting in Chicago, and that just wasn't what the team needed.
0: Yeah, I don't understand how I just saw videos and, you know, recordings of his press conferences where he joined the Wolves, and it was just sad. (laughs) Because you're like, oh, even last summer, he's like, I plan to be here a very long time, you know, this is a place I want to be, I like the situation. He looked genuinely happy in the situation, but now... Um, I don't know where do we go from here. I mean, I kind of want to get into the trade. I can start with Kyle. What do you think about this trade? We've seen some um, of the other options have come out later today. We know Jay Rich wasn't on the table here at this point. Mm-hmm. Do we lose leverage? So yeah, if you could kind of grade I mean, this it's trade.
1: A, it's, a, it's always difficult when you're the team and the players publicly came out and said, I want out. Yeah. Trade value instantly goes down. Teams know he's not going to re-sign there. So in their eyes... They might just be getting a rental for the rest of the year, so they're not going to give up as much. So right when when the player comes out, when Jimmy comes out and says, "I'm not gonna, I don't want to be here," trade value goes down. Yeah. My favorite offer was the Rockets' offer with four first round picks. Um, yes, the Rockets are supposed to be good this year, contending for a championship. Doesn't so that look pick, like they're gonna be though. That pick would be in the upper twenties, but yeah, the Rockets are sitting here at what five and seven 12th place in the west they're starting james ennis yeah the western conference standings right now are just funky in general so i mean hypothetically obviously i think they'll turn things around but that pick is probably going to be in the 20s somewhere for this year but then you have the next three years who knows what's going to happen to the rockets are they going to be able to afford some more Mm -hmm. guys they just traded away or let trevor reese go, kind of as a money decision so those picks, the Rockets, in three years might be one of the worst teams in the league. So those picks could be really valuable. The
0: problem is they're, they're spread out. Yeah, they're spread out. They, you can only do a pick every two years. Oh. So it's over an eight-year period. Okay. Good the, so CD. I guess it was essentially, are we choosing between future or are we just going to rip it all up? Because it was no. essentially, are we going to w- build with Carl and Wiggins still? Mm-hmm. Um, in which case, I, the, the draft picks obviously sound nice. But I guess I don't know if that would have helped essentially build a winning franchise right now. Exactly.
1: But the problem is, do you want that winning franchise right Right now when you have the Beast and Golden State Warriors? You have LeBron in the West now. Utah, Denver, both young, promising, have uh, pretty bright futures there. So it's the question of, do you want to go sort of all in again right now where you have a lot of competition Or sort of wait until Cat and Wiggins hit 27 their prime in four or five years and and then make your move, theoretically, when the Warriors would be done, when LeBron would be retired. Mm -hmm. And then you'd have – I mean, you still have three really good teams in the east, Milwaukee, Philly, and Boston. Toronto. Toronto (sighs) as well. But that also would be looking at a championship matchup.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the way I look at this is like – I think I knew that was going to be the mindset when I saw a trade. I realized immediately, like, that's going to be the reaction of a lot of people. Um, and you can say that, like, you know, do we sit, I think that was a lot of, like, people at first were really happy with the Jimmy Butler trade. And then in the immediate aftermath, once things got a little muddy, it was like, well, did we just trade away our future for the short term? And, you know, now do we hit the reset and go to rebuild? And I struggle with that because you can say, like, there's a lot of competition in the West right now what's late, four or five years, when has there not been competition in the West in the last 10 to 15 years? You know, three, four, five years ago, it was the Lakers, it was, you know, the Mavericks, the Spurs, that was all the way up through the 2000s. You had those teams. I mean, if you look at the teams that have made the Western Conference Finals in the West, it's only been, you know, three three or so, you know, teams in the last 10 years. So it's like, that competition is always going to exist. The other thing is, you have... Towns, and you have Wiggins locked in right now in max contracts, both of them. If you wait four or five years... They're going to be nearing the end of those deals, and if Wiggins and Towns, I mean, Towns is the one you're more worried about, I think. If Towns just sat through you know, a few years of more losing seasons, what reason does he have to stay here? We don't have a great history of retaining players. We don't have a great history mm-hmm. of attracting free agents. So now you're paying two max contracts. You're paying a ton of money in cap space just to sit through a couple losing seasons. Yeah. I think you end up at you know the same block that they've been at for the last you know, 15, 20 years where they're just a middling franchise. And I don't think that's, you know, where you ultimately want to be. The other thing is Timberwolves have a horrible draft history. They've gotten, you know, lucky they have had some good decisions the last few years. But, I mean, you know, we can go back as many times as we want to that year when they had three draft picks and they took Ty Lawson, you know, Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio. Ty Lawson, they traded away. You know, Rubio, they obviously kept, and Johnny Flynn, they kept, and missed out on Steph Curry. They took Wesley Johnson with the number four overall pick. I mean, we can go through the history of misses. And my other thing is, like, if you're looking, you tell me, you know, you have four draft picks spaced out over eight years that are in the 20s. And you say at the end of it, you tell me you can get Darius Tarch and Robert Covington, two players at that level, Coming out of those four picks, that's a fifty percent hit rate on players who are you know very solid mm-hmm. contributors, starting level talent. I would be very content with that. So if you know you already have that, why are you going to risk it in the draft?
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I've thought. I've done a lot of kind of asking around. Um, Talked to Jason, obviously Bucks mm-hmm. fan in the house. Mm-hmm. We we do need to talk about the Bucks today a little bit, just because you know we got they, they've been looking pretty good. They've they been, have looking been right. playing well, but. Um, a lot of uh, Bucks fans, Moriarty, a lot of these guys are telling me, other other people are saying that they like the trade for the Wolves. But a lot of Wolves fans I talked to hate it. Um, and I will say there is something to be said for the fact that I don't know if we can, in this day and age, retain stars like Wiggins. I mean, he's still kind of a star in towns, obviously, with the superstar potential. If we're going to lose for the next four to five years, um, essentially, if we don't make some strides in the next Two, two or so years, th- those guys are going to be tired of it. They're going to be tired of the weather. They're going to be tired of a mediocre yeah. fan base barely showing up. They're cheering on Jimmy more than they're cheering on you when he's here. They're going to want to get the heck out of here. Um, so it, it is hard to swallow, but it we kind of had to make a win now or at least build now kind of yeah. move right. as opposed well, to draft picks.
2: The other thing is, like, they're not pushing all their chips to the middle of the table with this one because – Robert Cummings is on a super cheap, you know, affordable contract for his level of player. All you know, NBA first team defense. Yep, mm-hmm. all NBA first team big defense. Big 3D guy. And yeah. we
1: know the Timberwolves struggle three point shooting. So Exactly. That's
2: and so it allows the Timberwolves to move forward in this new kind of revolution we're seeing up tempo, three point shooting. It helps a lot, I think, with Wiggins. I think having, you know, being able to slot him down to the two, potentially and having Alpha Covington dog. guard the three, because the big question has been like, okay, can you put Wiggins on LeBron? Well, no, you, you can't have him guard that best, you know, small four on the other team, which is where most of the matchup problems are coming from. So now you can let him use his length a little more, guarding two guards. Hopefully it helps there. Mm-hmm. You know, Sarge is a great shooter. Um, has struggled a bit this year, but obviously he's shown you know those flashes, and he's great with the ball in his hands. Great in the mm-hmm. open floor, which to have a big that can do that, I think that's what you're seeing. A lot of these teams that are having success offensively right now um, are enabling you know those stretch fours who can handle the ball a little yeah. bit.
0: Yeah, I do like his fit along with Towns. Um, I think that that could be a nice starting lineup if you have that. Yeah, Cat. I'm trying to think about the depth right now, depth chart. You know what I mean? So is Sarge going to start over Taj? Uh,
1: So that's that's a good question. It's a question,
2: and I think, like, I would say, like, Taj likely keeps that spot for now for the time being. And the reason why I would do it, and I think, like, why Tibbs probably will, is because, you know, Towns already provides a lot of offensive Ability and you already have a lot of offensive punch in that starting five. So if you're bringing Sarge off the bench in that second group, that's just another guy that can handle the ball. And that's where I think sec- the second team can really attack is in transition.
0: Can we cut Gorgie out of the lineup? Is that that's the question? They're, I
1: mean, they're eleven deep right <laughs> please, now. Please, it's interesting. I think he'll still get, he'll get Towns backup minutes. <coughs> um, we just traded away our other possible at center who's always injured but Justin Patton now oh, gone he's been a so joke. that basically leaves just Gorgie to come in and take cats minutes it's obviously with Tibbs playing them a lot Gorgie's not out there a lot and I the one bright spot in Gorgie's game is the mid-range jumper that I really love yep. but um I love when he succeeds it's just mm-hmm. hard to uh, watch him but yeah definitely heavy. off the bench I mean we have Okogie who looks unreal right now yep we have Sarage coming off at the four spot Gory at the five, and then Derek Rose is a playmaker, Tyus is a playmaker. We have solid depth right now.
0: See, if if we start, I, I kinda feel like we need to start D. Rose now and do that. D Rose, yeah. Wiggs, Roko, Taj, and
2: Carl. I mean, we're, the thing is we're not even talking about Teague. You know, yeah. he's been mm-hmm. on the men for a little bit, but like he's gonna come back and be healthier pretty soon. And I highly dislike Teague. Yeah. I think ugh, it's hard because like, Rose plays so well with Tyus, and they've looked so good together just because that second unit just has a whole different gear in terms of speed and, yeah. you know, and pushing the ball up the court. Um, the one thing about, like, talking about where Gorgie fit into all this is, I don't think a lot of people have really put much thought towards this, but I could totally see Taj slotting at the five a little bit now. Oh yeah, Taj has a great length, you know, f- phenomenal wingspan. Um, you analysts love you know the length keyword there in the NBA, and, and he he gives you that. And now that you have Sarge that can spot it, slotting at the four. You know, do you see that a little bit? I think you do. I think Tibbs does go a little small. He's he tried using some small ball lineups with with Butler at the four last year, so I could definitely see that there. I mean, someone's gonna have to follow the rotation. He's not playing guys. He's not no. playing eleven deep. And you know, it's is, that, be is it? Well, or is it Koji? It might. It, it might can be. be Koji. But the hard part is like you can't you can't you can't find minutes for you know can you find minutes for Koji for Rose for Tyus for Saric cuz that's a lot of guys me, that are playing your guard and wing spots me, i don't i want to keep him in it
0: i want to keep here's what i want to do i want to trade Jeff Teague to Phoenix as soon as possible and i don't care what we get it can literally be a salary dump cuz he doesn't he doesn't have a bad contract yeah. but in terms he's not our future point guard he's not Phoenix needs a point card. They're desperate. If we can get any kind of draft pick or just some expiring return, I would take I mean, that.
2: I think another move's coming. The hard thing is though, Rose is on a minimum deal. Yeah, and then you have we need to p- you yeah. have Tyus is not coming back next year. Yeah, Ty. Or I mean, not. I shouldn't say not coming back. He's a restricted free agent, so they have the ability to bring him back. But, but I he's doubt they sign him. Yeah, I mean, but Teague's Tim's not really going to be the future. Uh, he likes Teague. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why? No, I mean he really likes he well, he loves he loves Teague, he loves Tayas, he loves okay. Rose. I mean, I think he, he really likes, likes all, all of long. his guards right now. Okay. Um Yeah. I don't know. The one thing I, I'll point to is so the pace right now in the NBA, it, it shot out at the start of the season and it has, you know, I think slowed down a little bit, but still is at, you know, on foreseen levels. Um and so it's something that I have heard a few, few people talk about is that Every year, the pace usually gets out to a pretty pretty quick start, um, and you, you see a big jump at the start of the season, but it slows down at some point and then settles out, you know, regresses to kind of a, a mean point and sits there for the rest of the season. And a lot of that is due to players, you know, fatigue setting in and injuries and whatnot. And I think the pace is going to continue to push at a high rate. Wherever it does settle is going to be at a rate that we haven't seen in the past. So then what becomes really important is having depth. The Timberwolves have already had numerous players, you know, miss games from injuries. And Tibbs has done a better job of dispersing minutes when he has the full team healthy this year. Yeah. So with the pace that all these teams are playing at, you're going to need a deep team. And so that's one thing is, like, somebody's going to have to follow the rotation, but chances are, like, Guys are gonna get tired, guys are gonna get hurt throughout the year, and having a deep lineup like this could really help them throughout the stretch, where there are other teams in the West that just
1: don't have the depth right now.
0: Yeah, I what do you Kyle, do you think we're gonna be able to compete and and kind of fight for a seven eight seed?
1: I was just thinking about that. Looking at the standings right now, we just had this brutal five game stretch. We're second yeah. to last in the West. Yep. And you think for that seven eight spot like last year, gonna have to be over five hundred. So we already have a little battle to fight, but Again, we have Carl Anthony e. Towns, yeah. Andrew Wiggins. Our lineup when healthy D. Rose. is gonna be solid. Yeah. There's a lot of winnable games out there in the West. We I mean you have, have Mavericks. You have the Mavericks, the Suns, I mean the Kings who are playing well, but there's you gotta feel like they're yeah. not gonna continue this. Yeah. So there's there's ample opportunity to win basketball games out there. Yeah. And when healthy, the Timberwolves are a very talented roster. I think it's interesting where the season goes because this has been a cloud over the head of the entire franchise for the last two months, mm-hmm. three months, and now the, the cloud's finally gone. There's clarity on what's going to happen, and so I think the players respond well. I mean, there's been a lot of tension between Carlin E. Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and Jimmy Butler. Now that Jimmy Butler's gone, both of them could play well. Carl anthony Towns is averaging 30 points a game when Jimmy's gone. When Jimmy's yeah. not playing, he averages mm-hmm. 30. When Jimmy does play, he averages 15. That's so you've got to think his scoring output's going to increase a lot for the rest of the year now that Jimmy is gone. And then, like we've talked about, Derek Rose is looking unreal. Tyus is a solid point guard. Jeff Teague, when he comes back. We have shooting with Covington. <coughs> we have Dario Sarge, who can shoot stretch four. That's yep. really good. I think this, this team has potential to score a lot of points this season yep. and win a lot of basketball games.
0: Yeah, this actually might improve us a bit defensively too, just because of this. Yeah, it, uh, defense is all about being a unit, you know,
2: and and they just were not a unit. That that's the <laughs> well, thing. Put on the floor. Yeah, and that's what I want to point to a little bit because, like, I look at the Covington piece, and like, so there were those other trades thrown today, and the one thing when I was trying to evaluate, I mean, the first piece is you don't even know if those trades were really offered. Like, yeah. they uh, trade reports unless an offer is accepted. You don't know that could have just been thrown out there, but to, you know they didn't get on a call and and finalize anything, so you don't know how concrete they were. But looking through that and looking at like the Miritic option, uh, my the question I asked myself is like, does that improve our defense? No, it doesn't. Does yeah. Eric Gordon improve our defense? No, it doesn't. And. Does Robert Covington? He does. And I think with Jimmy, it got to the point where, obviously, he was still making plays individually. Um, he was still defending individually. But as a unit, I don't think he was. I don't think he—he he never gave—we talked about this earlier on um, on the other pod, but he never gave you know that aid to Towns, never gave that aid to Wiggins, where you thought that he would help the team overall. Yeah. Gibson's the one that's done that, and you have to hope that Covington— in terms of communication, in terms of experience, can do a little more and take off some pressure on the rest of the defensive unit.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely tend to agree. I kind of, we don't need to go super in depth with this, but do you guys want to give a trade grade in terms of like T Wolves? What do you think, Kyle?
1: Um, I'll start with the 76ers. I, yeah. They get an A, they get Jimmy Butler, who last year, was, without a doubt, top 15 player in the NBA, versatile two-way player. And now they have a nice big three there with Ben Simmons, Jimmy, and uh, the process, Joel Embiid, with the wild card, Markel Fultz. So, A for Philadelphia.
0: Can we talk about uh, – sorry to disrupt you on this, Gray, but (laughs) Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid. Talk about a possible, just absolute terrible situation. Yeah. Jimmy Butler and Joel.
2: I don't know. I think everyone looks at it and they think like these these two guys are just clowns. They're gonna punk everyone. They're you know like they're gonna they're gonna combine forces to be just kind of this like you know meme squad. Like they're they're gonna be in everyone's case up in their grill trash talking. What you have to think about too is they can easily flip on each other. Yeah. And like you, I don't know. The Markel Fultz thing is already something in itself, oh. and now you're throwing Jimmy in there, and you know you're. Ben Simmons, I honestly like, you know, he's not really willing to shoot the ball either. He's not very
0: confident either. I no, feel like. no,
2: yeah. And so now you have two extreme alphas. Yeah, and I don't know what result you get out of that. Yeah, do you, I, I kind
0: of. I, I
1: see that, but I still think when it comes to the talent that they have, that it's, yeah, yeah. The, the talent Jimmy brings when motivated, he's gone from here. He didn't want to be here. He's gone. We finally traded him, and he's he's gone to a pretty good situation, Philadelphia did well in the playoffs last year. Obviously, they look to kind of take a step forward again this yeah. year. So he's in a different environment, a winning environment, and he's in a spot where there's a lot of talent around him. So I that's how I feel about it. Obviously, Joel is a goofball, and yeah. Jimmy also has his moments. But I think that Joel can work things out, sort of say. he yeah. has no He has no beef at all with Jimmy, no. and I think he respects – they both the clown. clown in. He respects the clownness <coughs> yeah. in Jimmy Butler because that's who he is as well. So yeah. I think they can work things out. Okay. So well, I have one concern with it beyond the personalities on the basketball side
2: of things. Philly's one of their biggest issues right now already is floor spacing, is three point <laughs> shooting. Um, Marco Fultz can't shoot a three. Ben Simmons. D- doesn't shoot a three. J.J. Redick's huge to this equation. J.J. Redick is a huge piece of that. Joel Embiid, as far as I'm concerned, is still not a three-point shooter. Does not, you know, I don't I don't think he stretches the floor. I don't think teams respect respected. He's not a consistent enough level with that. Um, obviously, Butler's a solid three-point shooter, but Covington is one of the best in the league. And so you're pulling him out of there, and you're taking out Saric. This is our team that's already felt the loss of Ilioslova and uh, um, Bellinelli. Bellinelli. And now, you know, you're taking... and making this team even more, what, mid-range focused? Ball dominant. Yeah, so what does the spacing look like in that situation? Their depth just took a hit for them, too? I don't know. I don't. I just don't know. I mean, right now, they're shooting, they're 22nd in the league in three-point shooting percentage, um, and they're shooting 33%, which is well below league
0: average. It so. kind of looks like I'm, I love to just kind of try and tear them apart right now. But <laughs> it kind of looks like they're trying to make a poor man, Shaq and Kobe, from like early 2000s. And mm-hmm. they're trying to build a brand of basketball that I don't think is going to work unless they engage the three-point shot, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. I, they're going to be good. Probably going to be a really solid regular season team. Um, yeah, I just, I see a clash of personalities, maybe kind of a clash of wills, but let's move on. What do you got for your, uh, so what'd you grade 76ers?
1: I give them a, cause I a, think yeah, the yeah. talent he brings is, okay. is I don't know if it'll get them over the hump. The Celtics are struggling, but you have the Milwaukee Bucks who we might get to later, but yeah, I mean, they have a lot of, they have a lot, a lot of talent now yeah. we'll and there's Toronto, the there's we'll Toronto the still, but yeah, they have a lot of Raptors for the Timberwolves. They got back two solid pieces. Yeah. I mean, I think you look in the C range for that. Yeah. C plus, C, nothing okay. spectacular. What do you think? Uh, I'd probably give him a...
0: My T-Wolves grade is probably going to be... I'll give him a solid B. I'll give him a solid B on the trade. Just because I would have liked to seen a salary dump with Gorgie along mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. Or I would have liked to seen a piece along the Jason uh, Josh Richardson train those are my only two things that I'm missing um, I don't know if Josh Richardson was on the table as I have brought this up with Max before and I, and we don't know that mm-hmm. um, but I really kind of liked uh, that that fit with us the Sixers I'm gonna give um, I'd probably give them an A as well just because they're going all in it's a lot of people have called it the end of the process so now they're at that last stage they're giving it a shot They weren't going to win with this team the way it was set. It's kind of one of those, you know, Kawhi, Paul George type situations, so why not? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to go A with the Sixers, B for the Wolves. (laughs) Max, what you got?
2: Yeah, I mean, I come from a little different perspective here. I'll give the Sixers an A minus. i I'll start off with that. I think it's the right move. I think it's a trade that you had to make. Yep. Yeah. I don't feel overly optimistic. I haven't. I've been pretty low on the Sixers for a long time. Yeah. Um, I've enjoyed just kind of breaking that team down and bashing them a little bit. And <laughs> I still have my concerns there. The three-point piece is a big deal for me. Yep. But it's similar to the Wolves making a trade for Jimmy, you know, Two years ago like you just have to you have to pull Mm -hmm. pull the trigger at some point and they did that um so you know good trade for them um i give the wolves a b plus the reason that is is i look at you know kind of how the situation played out where they ended up with it and you know they were never really in a situation where they had any leverage um especially jimmy publicly expressing his discontent um and, and for them, I, I look at the comparison to, I think, the Paul George trade is probably the best, um, most recent direct uh, similar situation – you know, where they came out of that and they had Sabonis and Oladipo was the return. And obviously, our uh, impression of Oladipo right now is a lot different
1: than it was at the time. I but mean, at the time...
2: At the time, he did not uh, have much
1: value. At the time, everyone was thinking, wow, the Pacers got yeah. nothing back. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Oladipo went off.
2: And so yeah. they took the the point, um, kind of where the Timberwolves did, of let's get two you know, young players in here, two guys still with some potential, still you know on contracts, having the ability to extend and retain them. And and I think that the Wolves took a similar model, and they're you know hoping one of these guys is going to be you know you know at that starting level, that average you know starting level, and one of them can hopefully take a jump.
0: I wish I, that this is where I uh, descend, is. I just wish one of those guys was Jay Rich. I just thought yeah. he, he kind of has. It's obviously wishful thinking, but he has an Oladipo fast kind of game. And I was hoping that could be a nice fit at the age of 25. But, yeah, Sarge is only 24. so Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. I, and I agree
2: with that. I think their hope has to be that, like, Rose and Tyus are those guys with the ball in their hands. Yeah. That they're the ones pushing the pace. <laughs> and then, basically, like, you know, Sarge and Covington are trailers. They're guys that are yeah. going to run the wing. Like, to- Tolliver's done a great job of that this year already. Like, Fantastic. Teams are really struggling to defend transition threes. And if the Wolves can keep... You know, keep pushing. I mean, they've gotten a lot more three point attempts per games right now. They've seen one of the biggest turnarounds in terms of the Mori ball. You know what the yeah. Rockets have done mm-hmm. in terms of their percentage of increasing shots at the rim and yeah. at the three point line. I think both of these players really help them with that.
1: Okay. One of the issues I had with the trade, and you kind of brought that up, mm-hmm. is well, why? You, and we don't know what the seventy sixers. Would have accepted or not, but if you switch Patton and Gorgie in that trade, we're trading away Gorgie. We keep yeah. Patton, who is always injured. I know hasn't really done anything so far in his career, but he's got potential. He's a lot cheaper. Oh my god! Yeah. And we'd have so much salary cap flexibility if if it was possible to get rid of Gorgie. I hope we would have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I would have loved to see Gorgie go. Yep. And we have so much cap flexibility there. It yeah. would have happened
2: if it was possible. Yeah, They've made that, like, that's been well known. was that, that was the piece, like, when they were originally working this, like, they were looking as almost a, uh, you know. Requirement. Requirement was you had to take on Gorgie. And, and, <laughs> and he also, it didn't work in this deal because his contract doesn't even fit in there. Yeah, um, he's got a
0: really annoying contract. Oof. He can only go to a team in a th- as a third party role. That's just gonna suck
1: in his contract. That cap spike here, and yeah, yeah, no, no team has that availability. You saw the Nets yeah. would take anyone as a dump to get draft picks. Now yeah. they don't. The Nets don't have space. Yeah. So it teams used to have space to take on those dumps, but then everyone started overpaying. I mean, Gorgie got the same contracts as eldang and Timmy, Timothy Mozgov. They got yeah. grossly, grossly, grossly overpaid, yeah. and teams can't afford to take on those contracts anymore. So I would have loved, and it, they tried, but I would have loved to see Gorgie go and yeah. keep Patton. But um, it's agree. right. I mean, there's the intangible aspect of, right, Jimmy's gone. There's more certainty. There's less fighting, less tension.
0: Let's see what we can do.
1: Yeah, and yeah. and I think we have... An opportunity there I agree
0: okay let's touch on let's touch on the Bucks quick and the Eastern Conference kind of the top of those standings and then let's touch on Melo and we'll get out of here we'll give you a quick good look of the week so far so starting with the Bucks, are we do we think they're for real their odds in Vegas have gone way up I think they're where's my Bovada guy when I need him <laughs> Jason where are you when I need him but well okay
1: I mean I'll just look at the they're 10 and 3 right now okay. I think they're second in the East and let me just read off a couple of their wins this year. They have wins against Philadelphia, against Toronto, and at Golden State—a thrashing at Golden State, I might add—and then also in Denver. So that's four really good wins. Loss at Boston by four, but yes. in terms of the other, the top four teams in the e- in the East: Toronto, Milwaukee, uh, Philadelphia, and Boston. They've played each of those other three teams once, and they're two and one against those teams. I think right now we don't need to get into an MVP conversation, but Giannis has to be easily a top three in the MVP conversation right now. Yeah. He does everything. He's a freak. I I'm, I think the Bucks are for real. I don't think I don't know if they'll keep this. This pace, I don't know if they'll finish second. but Middleton's will,
0: been so hot. Certainly,
1: yeah. Milwaukee Bucks will be a top four seed in the East. Yep. Um, Boston is kind of going through some struggles right now. you think they'd figure it out. They're just too talented. Their coach, Brad Stevens, is too good for them to continue to struggle mm-hmm. like this. Um, and Philadelphia, obviously, just upgraded um, in talent with Jimmy Butler. So I don't know if Milwaukee will hang on to this two spot, but they're for real, and they are definitely a top four team in the East. What do you, you know, think, Max? Yeah, I really like him. Um, like, the coaching change they made this
2: offseason was huge. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that really unlocked things for him. And, like, you know, when Budenholzer was with the Hawks, you saw them really open up the floor and, you know, utilize just multiple players um, in terms of spreading out shot distribution and, you know, getting free pointers up. Um, and that was when, you know, Korber had his all-star season, which is just almost comical to think he was even at that level. Yeah. Um, they've done a great job. They've blocked, you know... Push it all the way up to, right now, their second and three-pointers attempted per game, only behind Houston. Wow. Um, I think they're sitting at... It's fifth and three point shooting percentage, and these looks are coming in a variety of different ways. You know, Houston with a lot of what they achieved last year in terms of their three-point, you know, shot distribution was off of pick and rolls, off yeah. of isolation. Um and Milwaukee's doing it a different way where it's a lot of you know movement, a lot of players cutting through the lane, um, a lot of post touches too, which is really interesting to see. Um and, you know, they're just for creating shots in ways that they haven't before. Um and they're also pushing the ball a lot. My biggest concern with them probably comes at the point guard spot still. Eric Bledsoe's a solid start to the season. I still, like, I just worry, like, can he stay on the floor in the playoffs? Last year, like, Rogier was so in his head and he just really shut him out. Um, that'll be interesting to... To follow, I think, uh, you know, is it end up being brogged under blood? So you're going to need both of them, I think, uh, when it comes down to it, especially if you're a team, you know, that is trying to play at the pace that they're at right now. Um, I mean, Lopez has been huge for him. He oh my had... Goodness. What was his shooting? It was like 7 for 10. Yeah, and... Three I, three I, last eight, night. 8 last night. I pulled yeah, up his threes. stats
1: because that was such a revelation for me. Brick Lopez career, 34% three-point shooter, one attempt a game. This season... Shooting seven three pointers a game at a 42% clip. Wow. Obviously, last night, what'd you say? Eight for 10? Yeah. That's just unheard of. Brooke Lopez, big shout out to Brooke Lopez from what he's doing this year.
0: Yeah, we love to see improvement. Summer work
1: paying off these NBA
0: guys. Yeah, I, I honestly think top, top teams in the East, there's definitely that upper echelon now of Toronto, Boston, and Milwaukee. And I'd probably say that, uh, eh, would you guys throw Indiana in in there?
2: I would. I would put Indiana in over the Sixers still. Oh, yeah.
0: I think the Sixers are definitely still fifth. Um, But I I bet, I think it's safe to say, you know, to this point, Milwaukee's been the second best team in the East and probably the fourth or fifth best team in the NBA. Mm -hmm. I mean, who's been good in in the West besides Golden State? Denver's Denver's on a bit of a skid right now.
2: Portland, yeah, which surprising.
0: Yeah, but I'd probably go top three teams so far. You got Golden State, then you have uh, the Raptors, and then you have the Bucks. I would agree. So top three team in the league right now. Yeah, wow. Spurs
2: are still there, seven and four. Yep. Mistake of sleeping on them. Yep. Never can do that.
1: But yeah. as long as Pop is there,
0: so good looks to Milwaukee. Good looks to the Bucks. We wish you the best of luck. Mm-hmm. Here from the Minneapolis <laughs> Timberwolves fan fan base, but. Let's touch on Melo quick. We already kind of talked about it. He's he's likely gone. Um, I feel like his career is about to be
2: over or I don't going know to Kyrie, Kyrie
1: sounded like he wanted Melo in Boston. Talk no. about
2: disrespect to Al Horford.
1: Kyrie comes yeah. in
2: with the comment post game and talks about how they need, you know, a, someone who's been in the league for, you know, 13, 14 years. And has been, you know, been through the grind, been through the playoffs. And it's like, are you not realizing that you have Al Horford who's, a mo- mo- you know, multiple all-star appearance players, played in the playoffs multiple times. He's a 12-year veteran. And, and like, what is he not doing for you? Also, Kyrie, you're, you're, a vet. you're
1: an NBA <laughs> champion. You, were you LeBron- left a team with a 14-year vet who knew how to get yep. through the playoffs to go to Boston to be that vet. So I don't know what he's looking for like Boston has
2: struggled so much yeah. with offensive production and that's where they're and I'm sorry where I know we're on the Rockets here but that's where yeah. where their difficulty is and the, I think the only thing keeping Mellow keeping Melo in the league right now is players it's his yeah. connections it's the respect I mean Dwayne Wade and LeBron hop on Twitter coming into his defense and it's almost like okay
1: you you want to defend him you think he's being used as a scapegoat right David. now Do you take him on yeah you, I let's feel see like what the happens. Lakers can pick him up. I think that roster is enough. I think it would be interesting a, a veterans mistake, They have enough interesting veterans on their own without going Melo. I mean, there. they already have Michael Beasley 1.0. Why do they need Michael Beasley 2.0? 2. 2. <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, that's yeah. a sad. I don't know. Bill Simmons was talking
0: about how we do have to respect the fact that Melo was really good at one point and no. he's just he's just not good anymore. He doesn't fit. His
1: game doesn't suit the NBA game anymore. He
0: can't play like he can't move on defense. It's yeah. it's like And if he's not shooting well, he's just a a hole. He's a gaping liability. And
1: especially on the Rockets, his whole career has been that mid-range jumper. And that's the one thing the Rockets despise, a contested mid-range. Also, a a problem with Andrew Wiggins, but staying on mellow, he's lived off that elbow-contested mid-range jumper. And that just is not a part of the Rocket system at all. Yeah. I've seen a lot of... I've seen a lot of the, you know, advanced
2: statistics, primarily just looking at, you know, the net rating um, in terms of the Rockets. And it's a lot of it's how their, you know, defensive net rating has skyrocketed this year. And when you take Carmelo Anthony out of the lineup and look at it with him out it's damn near close to what they were at last year. It's within, you know, a couple points of that. And so he's basically, you know, obviously he's become a scapegoat, but very, you know, reasonably so. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what happens. They, they pull him out of there. I think it fixes some of their issues. But at the same time, that team still is lacking depth. Yeah,
0: I agree. All right, well, this has been fun, guys. Yeah, yeah. this has been good talk. I, we wanted to get a good, you know, Jimmy Butler trade reaction out to you, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're coming at you with apparel within two weeks. We're gonna work on a lot over Thanksgiving break. We'll have some shirts available. Some working new merch. On our pricing, working on it. merchandise and our promos. We might have a special edition. We always have special editions, but we're gonna have a, an event possibility of an episode this Ooh. Friday. Coming at you from a pizzeria, but we'll be in touch. We'll Exciting. come out. We'll come out with another pod this Wednesday. With some reactions. So, yeah. Thanks to Kyle. Oh, thanks, to Kyle. For thanks for here. having me on. Yeah, fantastic to have you, Max. Yeah, thanks for coming. Make back.
2: me a reoccurring guest or what? I know
0: we need. We needed you. Enjoying <sighs> need it. Need you guys in here. So yeah. we appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, tuning in, everybody. We'll be back at you Wednesday.